you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. Vince Samperio, Chavez Reem Fiends. Today I will be going solo. Jeff and I have decided to go solo every so often in the next few weeks until the season starts, just to give each one of us a little bit of a break. So today will be my day. And today there's no real big news. So I'll be talking, I'll give Jack Peterson a little bit more of a proper farewell. And then I'm going to answer a few questions that we got from you guys. But before that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Dodgers. All right, no real breaking news on the Dodgers front. The Nolan Arenado trade is official, so he is now on the Cardinals. And the Rockies are getting blasted on social media as they should for the deal that they made. Uh, Unfortunately, another person involved in baseball was accused of or lewd behavior toward women, specifically women in media. Mickey Calloway, who was the manager of the Mets at one point and the current pitching coach for the Angels, probably not for much longer. Uh, An article came out that he was sending uh, inappropriate messages and shirtless selfies to females in the media. And there was five that came forward with corroborations and everything else. So no firing as of yet, but kind of like it was the last time with the with the Mets GM. You would imagine by the time you guys are listening to this, he probably will be out of a job. And just a, a bad pattern for baseball. And the more of these that come out, unfortunately, it's probably going to be that more come out. And hopefully that this can be something, at least of a learning thing for MLB to... Uh, do better background checks and ask more questions and get more women involved in decisions when they are hiring people. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, One last thing, the Players Union officially rejected MLB's uh, plan for starting the season a month later, cutting the season down, and they did not offer a counter. So as of right now, MLB season will be going on as expected. Pitchers and catchers reporting February 17th, I believe. Game starting at the end of the month. And then the season starting on time. Uh, I guess there's still a chance that that could change. There's still a chance that Universal DH and expanded playoffs could happen. But as of right now, that will not be happening. Uh, So we're just going to have to keep monitoring that situation. All right, let's get into Jock Peterson. I, I don't think we gave him a proper farewell on yesterday's episode. The one that he deserves for being a big part of the Dodgers team uh, since he came up in 2015 in October uh, as a as a whole. Maybe slightly overblown, but I actually went back and looked at the numbers and tell why it was you know proper in some, in some regards. I know Jeff had a tweet last week about Jock Peterson and how not until 2020 was Jocktober a real thing because his OPS in regular season... 
uh, was 813 and his OPS in postseason was 813. And while that may be true, or that is true, doesn't take into account why Jock Peterson stood out and why those, you know, Jocktober became a thing. If you go by and Jock Peterson's total OPS was 813 in his postseason career before 2020, in the years that he was on the postseason roster, this was the Dodgers' OPS by team. 626, 642, 786, 643, 730. So not only was Jock's 813 OPS higher than all those individually, and then it was much higher than the, I believe, 686 average OPS that the Dodgers had around those times. And it, it, it stands out. Obviously, he had a big moment in the world or a big world series in 2017 three home runs and he had maybe some series that inflated that more than others but at the end of the day uh, that's a big enough sample size to where he was outperforming the rest of the team by a significant amount and even more significant because if you take his ops out of some of those years those numbers drop even more so jocktober was pretty real i mean if you go through and, and look he might have some of the better numbers overall that the Dodgers have had since 2015. And he really turned it up in 2020, not just with power. You know, he didn't really light it up too much with the power numbers, but just with great at-bats that resulted in things. You The game four, uh, when he when he ripped one off the glove and that, I don't remember, tied the game or, or whatever. That game's kind of a blur since they ended up losing. But just great at-bats and, and great moments and yeah, I think, uh, you know, just looking back, 2016, he had the big home run off Scherzer to tie that game in game five of the NLDS. And we had one of our listeners, uh, John Herrera, kind of mentioned that home run in that game. Or, or Marshall Garvey's tweet said, we don't talk about enough how Jack's time blast off Scherzer in 2016 changed the postseason legacy of this Dodgers era. I think that maybe giving a little bit too much credit to Jock's home run specifically, although that was a big part of that game. But I think just that game in general was a big difference to the, to, you know, the Dodgers posting there They had been eliminated early on. And, and even in, in series that they were favored and this national series was just, you know, five games grueling game. That game five was just, you know, ridiculous. The Dodgers were down. Scherzer was dominating. Jock ties it up. They end up taking the lead. Kenley Jansen ended up pitching like 50-something pitches and, you know, emptying the gas tank. Clayton Kershaw came in and had to get the 2015 nemesis, Daniel Murphy, out, got him out, ended up closing out the game, and they finally, you know, won and moved on to the NLCS. And it was just a a grueling series and and one of those where they kind of grew up. And even though they ended up losing to the Cubs in the NLCS that year, the next year they came back in 2017 is when, you know, they made that miraculous run. And, well, not miraculous, they made that run to the World Series that they looked like the best team in baseball by far and ended up playing, obviously we all know, the Astros who were cheating. But I think it, it, Jock was part of that moment and part of the legacy of this whole team. You know, all those guys that that been together for four, five, six, seven years, however many years of, of that stretch that they were here uh, to finally break through in, in 2020. And I just wanted to make sure that Jock had, had that uh, proper send off from at least from us uh you know we appreciate jock peterson while he was uh inconsistently consistent you know he had his hot streaks he had his cold streaks and when he was cold he looked really bad and when he was hot he looked really good uh but yeah it's something that the dodgers you know we appreciate as fans and he was fun and like we said yesterday i'm glad we he didn't go to the giants and he's going on to the cubs and hopefully he can turn the 
friendly confines into his personal mashing box. So thank you, Jock Peterson, for everything. And Jocktober is real. All right, going to come back and answer some of your questions. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Yes, we're saying it again. Yes, we're going to keep saying it because it's true. How true me, Vince, have actually spent my hard-earned money on Built Bars in order to have them in my house so I can consume them. They are great tasting. They have a bunch of great flavors. Pretty much any flavor you can look for for your palate, they're going to have. All the bars are covered in chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. It's basically like a candy bar, but a healthy candy bar. And how often can you find those? Let me tell you, not very often. Built Bar is perfect for the health-conscious person. Losing weight, keeping up weight, putting on muscle, Whatever you're looking to do, Built Bar can pretty much help you out. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a grand number of diets. Let's just look at one. The peanut butter Built Bar has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and it's peanut butter and chocolate. What a better combo. I mean, imagine if having Reese's uh, in a healthy bar was, was achievable. That's what Built Bar has done. And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. After you do that, you can go to RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers That is not human body parts, but auto body parts. Don't get confused. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car, your daily car, whatever car it is, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best part is that they do not have special pricing like some of these chain stores where if you're a mechanic, you're going to pay a lot less than you would if you are just a normal shopper and that's good because not a lot of us are mechanics probably so if you want to get the best pricing you go to rockauto.com they always have the best and lowest prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers if you go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck if they end up asking how'd you hear about us make sure to let them know that locked on sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com We're covering everything you need to know about the Dodgers, but what about the rest of sports? The Locked On Podcast Network has you covered with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into the questions. We got a few questions. Jeff is going to answer some. I'm going to answer some. So let's get right into it. The first one is from at regular Barnett. He asks, when can I expect them to be bad again? Now, the Dodgers being bad is a benefit for Mr. Barnett because he's a Giants fan. And I'm sorry to tell you, Phil, I don't know when the Dodgers are going to be bad again. They seem to have the infrastructure to be good and at the very least competitive for at least the next five years just based on who they have under contract or who they have 
uh, in their minor league system. The Dodgers are pretty much built. Uh, the fact that they did sign Mookie Betts to a long-term deal means that they're probably going to continue to be putting money into the team regardless of what happens with some of these guys that will be free agents in a couple years. You know, Cody Bellinger, Walker Bueller, Corey Seager after next season. They're either going to put money into those guys or put money into other players that are just as good or continue to churn out players that develop into all-stars and MVPs and all those good, fun things. So I would imagine the Dodgers are going to be good for the foreseeable future. Uh, meanwhile, for the Giants' side, it might be a little while before they get into the competitive competing for World Series. Uh, but I'm not going to be too upset about it. So I'm sorry, Phillip. Uh, the Dodgers are going to be good for a while. All right, next question comes from at Sinbronis. If the DH stays in the NL this year, would you rather have Cruz or Osuna? Who do you think the front office goes for in that situation? Uh, well, my personal opinion is probably known if you listen to the podcast and that I would love to have Nelson Cruz on the Dodgers for a year while it may cost you Marcelo Suna for a few years I you know I don't trust Marcelo Suna to be a legit hitter for three or four years as much as I trust Nelson Cruz being good in the one year and this is probably more personal preference than anything. Uh, in terms of the front office, for reasons that Jeff has mentioned before, you know, Marcelo Suna can theoretically still play defense if you really need him to. He wouldn't be confined to just DH. He probably makes more sense for the Dodgers just for the simple fact that they do have so many players and they will be, you know, moving guys in and out. But I will say that with Jock Peterson gone and with Kike Hernandez gone, you know, that, that means that there's openings for at-bats. And if Nelson Cruz is getting, you know, the com combined share of what Kike and Jock Peterson were getting, I'm going to take that pretty much every day. And while, you know, Justin Turner is going to need some days off, maybe they just give him straight days off. Maybe they can teach Nelson Cruz to play first base. I don't know. Or maybe they can... You know, figure out other ways, but at, at this point, if they bring back Justin Turner, you got to imagine he's going to be playing like 120 games if they play the full 162. So he's going to get days off, and maybe they want, uh, you know, Edwin Rios to get in there sometimes against some tough right-handers and see what he can do and give Justin a day off his feet. Or maybe Justin can play some first base. Max Muncy can move over to second. You know, if Gavin Lux isn't hitting or they need move to move guys around. I don't think having an everyday DH would hinder them too much just for the simple fact that they've been operating with eight position players the entire time until last year. So they, they've been used to moving guys around and getting guys acclimated in different spots. But now they don't have Kike and Jock, so that opens up at-bats in the outfield for some of these guys like Matt Beatty and, and other guys that didn't get to hit too much last year. It opens up time in the infield. You know, Chris Taylor will probably be moving around. Zach McKinstry will get some chances. So I think they can handle Nelson Cruz. Now when it comes to the front office, uh, you know, it's just going to come down to, to money and all that kind of stuff. If Marshall Osuna is looking for a four-year deal with big money, I don't think they do that. It uh, just doesn't, you know, make too much sense to put too much money in a long-term deal for a guy that's basically a DH at this point. Whereas Nelson Cruz, one year, if it doesn't work out, like I said yesterday, they can just let him go and... They don't really, you know, miss too much. They would have to basically fill in. But with the, the number of guys I mentioned, Matt Beatty, Edwin Rios, Zach McKinstry, Zach Rex, you know, other guys that come up, they could easily fill an everyday role with an extra hitter in the lineup. So 
yeah, give me Nelson Cruz and Marcel Suna is not a bad compensation. So uh, either way, I'd, I'd be happy with the Dodgers. All right, last question comes from at Jeb Shelton. It says, looking ahead at August 3rd and 4th versus Houston, how much bad blood has simmered down any more fireworks? I would have to imagine that the bad blood won't. Well, the bad blood will be there. I don't think there'll be any more fireworks. I am pretty sure that most of the Dodgers players still don't like most of the Astros players. Um, you know, Carlos Correa being one of the main ones. But I think it's over. The Dodgers got what they needed last, or yeah, got what they needed last year. The Joe Kelly thing was perfect. Uh, you know, we talked about that a lot, and then the. The Dodgers should have swept in if Kenley Jansen didn't blow one of the games. So that was, was perfect. Uh, the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series. So didn't quite make up for 2017. But it, it at least we got the World Series. So, yeah, the bad blood is still there, I would, I would imagine. Um, nobody from the Astros has come over to the Dodgers, at least in, in the big role and Pedro Baez is now on the other side so maybe they'll be a little bit nicer to Pedro and uh, welcome him back now it's going to depend if fans are in stadium that's obviously going to be a big one because if there's fans those quote-unquote fireworks and bad blood are still there probably a little bit deeper you'll get the booze you'll get the chance you'll get signs or whatever they can whatever they can get into the stadium and that part will still be strong and and honestly that part might be strong for a little while, so at least specifically with the Dodgers. They're not going to play the Astros every year, but anytime they do, i got to imagine there's still going to be some remnants of booze and bad blood, and rightfully so. The Dodgers would have won two of the last four World Series without them, and it's always going to sting a little bit, and it's always going to hurt a little bit, especially because of how magical that year was. So while on the field, I don't think there'll be any fireworks. There may be some in the stands, hopefully not in physical form, just a lot of booing and those things of that nature against the Astros. But yeah, I don't think there's anything else between the teams that can be sorted out. Unless Carlos Correa is still going to be um, a little bit upset with how he was clowned and thinks he's a tough guy and wants to do something. But at this point, the Dodgers are probably above and above and beyond it. They've said what they need to say. They did what they needed to do. Everything worked out. Uh, they don't are not ones to start things to risk suspension and things of that nature anyways. So, yeah, on field, I don't think anything fans, if they are allowed to do so, will let them have it and get a little bit of that revenge that they seek. Okay, that was all the questions I have. Jeff's going to come back and answer the rest of your guys' questions on tomorrow's episode. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Dodgers if you haven't already done so. Make sure to tell a few people about us Make sure, with the season coming up and the Dodgers being one of the best teams in baseball again. Why wouldn't you want to have a little bit of Dodgers in your morning, evening, afternoon, uh, whatever it is, your lunch break, whatever you can squeeze us in, that's perfect. Make sure to tell them about Locked On Dodgers. Make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. Other ways to get a hold of us are email LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or phone for text slash voicemail at 323-863-LOCK. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play podcasts locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. D.
I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.